to the Doula Dispensary, the podcast prescribing a weekly dose of all things doula. The dilemmas discussed are made-up scenarios, and any resemblance to actual persons or events are purely coincidental. Please welcome your hosts, Siobhan and myself, Kiki. Hi Kiki, how are you this week? I'm good, thank you. And we're already at episode number 43. Yes, and hello to all our listeners. And we've got a very special podcast this week. We do indeed. So actually, before we go any further, I think we should say that if you haven't listened to our podcast episode 19, where we talk to a very special couple, Emiliana and Sophie, uh, and uh, they were expecting a baby together. No, sorry, that, that's not really that was happening. But Emiliana was telling us, uh, and Sophie was here telling us about the surrogacy journey they've been on. Well, go back and listen to that episode before you listen to this one because they are joining us in this, well, via Zoom <laughs> this evening. So, very warm welcome. Thank Woo! You. Hello. <laughs> How are you both in lockdown? Are you both okay? Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Surviving, coming out the other end now, I think. (laughs) Yes. It seems like a little bit of a blur now, actually. I feel like where have the past few months actually gone in lockdown? But um, Well, that's what we're going to find out. Exactly. (laughs) And I might be the only person that feels that way, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so just a very quick recap back in episode 19 when we last spoke to you uh em how many weeks pregnant were you then with um baby leo i can't remember how many how many would I have been safe? Um, <laughs> well, even months. Yeah, it was months. six months. Six, six months. months. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah. So that's the last time we caught up with you. You yeah. were six months pregnant. Yeah. Uh, carrying Sophie's baby for her—an amazing gift that you've given. Um, so yeah. yeah, should we take it from there? So yeah, when we last met up, obviously none of us had a clue what the hell was coming in no. 2020 so yeah we we met you right at the end of 2019 yes um, yeah so <laughs> who wants to take it away which one of you want to take it away from there and tell us and give us a little recap up to the birth em do you want to go first this time <laughs> So, so straight after we saw you, we all celebrated my son Theo's second birthday and we had all, all our best friends and things over with their children, which seems really weird now, over for um, a big party on New Year's Eve. And yeah, it was all about 2020 being kind of the best year of um, Safe and Jack's life together. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it kind of all... January, February were pretty quiet, pretty smooth, weren't they? So if we didn't have yeah. any bumps in the road or anything, it was all about the planning, the birth planning. And then March hit. But mm. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say anything else, though, about January, February. Um, but that's I think, really straightforward. Yeah, I mean, within that time, I felt personally that it, it those two months went quite slow. It was almost like, come on, like, I want it to be March. Um, yeah. But yeah, like Em said, within that time, we had a couple of like, Uh, hospital appointments where we spoke to consultants and um, we put forward the case at that point for an elective c-section 
Um, and actually they were very supportive of that and Emma had done all her research. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the hospital were fantastic with, you know, the, what we wanted to sort of go with. And, yeah, so that was kind of what took over Jan and Feb, really, wasn't it? Just yeah. consultants, extra scans. We had a couple of extra growth scans, which was, ama- you know, amazing to see him again. Um, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then March came. And, yes. you, you know, and it was all about preparing for baby Leo to be yes. born. Yeah. And then along, along comes something else to yes. no. yeah. throw a spanner in the works, which was, of course, as we all know, COVID-19 hit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, talk us through that, that lead-up then. In March, obviously, we know COVID arrived. We know that hospitals were shutting down lots of, of things, no birth partners, you know, wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera. How did that look for you guys? Um, Obviously, you had you had already had discussions, hadn't you, with the medical team, and it had been discussed that obviously, M, you were going to have the cesarean, and Jack and Sophie were going to be present the whole yeah. time with you. So, talk us through that. Was that was there any worry about that around that? Well, we'd had that discussion as well about spontaneous labour. If that had happened, you know how we would do that, and we'd all be together still. And you know, we were all kind of really happy with either scenario. Like if if we'd got to full to the um, C section date, and that was how it's meant to be, it'd be like that or otherwise. But then with COVID, that's where it started getting a bit worrying. Where it's like, what if I did go into labour? Then would I be by myself? And um, you know, I think it would have been it would have been okay. Of course, it would but it was definitely not the ideal situation that any of us wanted to be in. Um, no. And I think we'd logistically for kind of my family, like with James and Theo and Molly, like we'd, everything was in place for, you know, the support I'd have afterwards. Um, you know, James being at work, dropping the children off at nursery. So that was all like in place. And then all of a sudden he was at home, um, which was a good thing, but also he was made in childcare 24 seven all of a sudden. And yeah, it was all just got thrown up in the air, didn't it? So Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was quite a, um, I would say like, I was quite lucky. We were quite lucky in that, um, everyone blessed them through me a little baby shower, which was at the end of February. So that was really lovely. And then, you know, um, there'd been talk of this virus, but it was kind of not being taken seriously. So everyone wasn't too worried. And then I think it was mid March really, wasn't it? Where actually it started to get quite serious. And I was still, um, meant to be, I was still working in London and basically talking to the hospital about, um, what was going on they said you really need to both you and M and Jack self-isolate from now because if if me or if Jack or I had you know got the virus there was no way they were going to allow us in the hospital regardless um and I think personally that stressed me out out quite badly um and I actually feel like I made myself a little bit ill because I was so worried about catching it um so I think in those last couple of weeks, Em had to go to like the last midwife appointment by herself and just, you know, FaceTime us. And I wasn't able to see her, which was, was difficult because obviously I wanted to be near the baby. And yeah, it wasn't like the most straightforward final couple of weeks of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I was just worried, obviously, getting, it was at a time where they didn't know if it affected pregnant women yet as well. There wasn't a clear guideline of no yeah. time in most cases. Um, so I was obviously worried for both mine and Leo's health um, mm-hmm. in that sense. And then with our kids going to nursery and things still. And so it was just such an unknown time yeah. um, and really quite worrying. And I obviously wanted to keep my stress levels down for Leo as well, because I know that's such an important part for their development. So, yeah, it was a, so a lot it, of hypnobirthing was going on. <laughs> yeah, so if you think about you had the eight months of like, yeah, we get into the end now. And then yeah. like the last <laughs> month must have been the most month full of extra stress and pressure and also yeah. I mean starting thinking about what if we're not going to be there when our child is born what if I... we're going to miss it well you know I can only imagine how what yeah. uh, stressful that would have been but then let's take us to the day so, yeah. so you all kept well the hospital was yeah. amazing by the sound oh. Sophie, do you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, they were incredible. I'd been speaking to the head of midwifery at Stoke, Mandeville, the whole sort of for the two weeks prior, just checking if things were changing. And, you know, I needed, I almost needed to prepare myself for the worst case scenario, but I also couldn't uh, because it just broke my heart too much to think about it. Um, What? absolutely so about who if it wasn't you and if it wasn't Jack who would be with yeah. me because you had a temperature and you couldn't come and it's yeah. like a line of possibilities <laughs> yeah it was yeah but you know luckily we got to the day I mean I checked both mine and Jack's temperature before we even left the house and I was like we're good like we're all fine and they had basically said to us as long as we were virus or temperature free that they would put us all in a room together, um, a private room at the hospital. And basically they locked us away. (laughs) Um, We weren't allowed out of the room. Um, So that morning we picked him up. We, you know, there was an amazing sunset that morning. I remember it vividly. And we went and picked him up and she was like a little giddy school kid. Like it was quite funny. I thought she'd be more nervous, but she wasn't. Well, I don't think you were. Well, you weren't, were you? Like, you felt, like, quite excited. Already recording Instagrams. That was- yeah. <laughs> so I was already recording Instagrams. Trying to just, like, I suppose just normalise it a bit because it was still, we still had to get to the hospital and have our temperatures taken. So that was always in the back of my head as well. Yeah. Until we were in that room. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so then we got put in the, the private room. And M was obviously checked over and the doctor came in and the anaesthetist came in. And, you know, we obviously they not everyone knew the situation, but they kind of gauged what was you know, it was surrogacy. And, you know, we were all there together. Um, and then, yeah, we had a bit of a we had quite a fun morning, like a few hours, didn't we? we I think we were a bit hyper. <laughs> we've all seen the tiktok videos (laughs) we're making tiktoks and you know we you know it was just tiktok i'll just say that yeah it didn't i don't know i it didn't feel like we were about to go in and have a baby we were just excited and yeah the funny thing with the tiktoks like soap was in her scrubs so everyone who sees it thinks that she was a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> she was a nurse operate on me and we were TikToking together. Yeah. I was going to say, just so obviously, thank God, you know, and, and 
big, massive, you know, praise to Stoke Mandeville yeah. for actually, you know, allowing you both to be in, in yeah. you know, being present for the birth of your baby. Mm. I mean, just talk us through, like, how how was that? How did that feel? Because obviously, you know, as doulas, we, we know that, you know, with cesarean sections, actually, once once the surgery starts, it's relatively quick when the baby comes out. It's, it's not, it's, you know, you're talking 15 minutes before the baby actually arrives. So how did that feel for you and Jack? What, what was going through your head? Um, I felt like it was the most surreal moment of my whole life that I, I just can't explain like that, you know, walking, they called us at about 11am and there's me, Em and Jack, all in, Em in her gown and me and Jack in our scrubs, you know, walking and still, you know, just joking and like as, as if nothing was going to happen. It was just the, the strangest feeling. And, <laughs> and obviously every, yeah, they were all, all the doctors were, all the doctors were in PPE PPE, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just, we went in and it was very calm. Like this, you know, the theatre was really calm, even though there was obviously a lot going on at that point. And um, got obviously put on the bed and um, administered the spinal block and was, I mean, you can talk about that, Em, but it was, she was so calm and very relaxed and I think M being like that relaxed me quite a lot I mean I was very nervous I was shaky at that point because I just you know you get to the point where you're like you're never going to meet your own child and it was just that moment was so close yeah um and what about you M how we what about you were you using your hypnobirthing techniques to keep you calm and relaxed or were you just kind of like yeah you know it's all right (laughs) I was definitely visualising him being handed to them because I, I haven't ever really been great at hospitals and, you know, just because I'm a hypnobirthing teacher doesn't make me love them, <laughs> but it makes me, it helps me to, you know, understand them and, you know, move through in a way that helps my body to kind of cope with it really. And so, yeah, I just, I, I visualised handing him over or them handing him over, I suppose, and that moment and that was all I focused on that whole time. and. I suppose the breathing, of course, <laughs> especially during the spinal block. So just did mm. really steady breathing. Um, and it didn't kind of work first time, did it? So, so they, something happened. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really hear what they were saying, but I had to go and do something else and something else might have happened. But luckily mm-hmm. it didn't have to happen. We didn't yeah. really understand it, but it felt like a bit of a delay. But yeah, I was just definitely using my breathing then. Um, and they were, they let us... It wasn't in the normal surgery, in the normal theatre rather. So that that was one of the first ones they were doing in this um, main theatre because the cesarean theatres have to be, I think, closed off because of COVID. They could only use one, so they they weren't like they were really calm and they were great, but you could kind of tell that things were in different places. <laughs> yeah. um, we're just getting used to it. So and so, okay. So you're you're in theatre. So you know the surgery has started, and then the next thing, what do you hear? So. They they were really good. They let us play a play our own playlist that I'd set up. So we had the music on in the background, and so the doctor starts the actual procedure, and I'm there next to Em, holding her hand right by her head. Um, Jack's just behind me, just on a chair. And the next thing, the lady, the the doctor says, 
you need to put on the song that you want your baby born to. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> because he's, he's going to come any, you know, any minute. And then M turned to me and said, um, he's coming, like, you need to get ready. And sorry. Um, <laughs> and she started crying. And then I started crying, obviously. And then Jack's crying. And then... <laughs> I'm pretty sure half the I'm pretty sure half the staff crying at that point. Um, and then they leant on your chest, didn't they? Because he was quite high up, so they were trying to get him out. And she, I mean, you would, like they, your breathing changed, and I was like, oh God, please, like let you know, don't hurt her. But um, I don't think they were hurting you, were they? It was just pressure. It just it was a strange place to be pushing, I suppose. And considering I couldn't feel anything, obviously lower down. But when they were pushing now, I was like, oh god, what are they doing? Looking yeah. at me, like tell me what they're doing. Yeah, and then that lasted for a couple of seconds, didn't it? And yeah, so um, yeah, he was he was then they pulled him out, and um, his song was uh, somewhere over the rainbow, and um, he came out asleep. He was like, he's you know zonked. <laughs> Um, but I could see him breathing, so I was, you know, I wasn't too worried. Um, and then they took him over to be weighed, and that's when his lungs really started. So, <laughs> which was good. Um, and they called Jack and I over um, to where he was being weighed, so that we could obviously see him. And M, bless her, was, you know, being sorted out, sorted out, but also could could see him as well from a distance and could listen to the music and things. So. Um, and then they passed him to me and I um, did skin on skin under my scrubs. So just holding him that first time, I was just, I don't know, it's out of this world, really. I just felt like the worry, I was always a bit concerned that I would feel like he wasn't mine um, mm-hmm. because I hadn't you know, carried him, given birth to him. And of course, that's, I think that's a natural thing probably to think about but he just felt really familiar and I just knew that he was ours and I mean it did help he looked just like his daddy like (laughs) (laughs) and looked he looked nothing like Em and Molly and Theo um, which I guess helped me in a strange way I don't know it just yeah it was insane it was just out of this world and then I took him and obviously Em looked at him and um and Jack then held him um and it just felt so just so surreal and magical like just yeah that he was there he you know one minute he's in M and then he's there and it's and and when you when you look back at how long had that journey been like how many years have you had you waited for that that's what makes me just well up six yeah six years just for that moment and it was worth every single minute of pain just for that, just to see him in that moment and um, know that M was obviously okay as well. Um, they were looking after her um, and we were all together. Like we all then went to recovery and we didn't leave M um, at all. So I think that was really nice that the hospital made sure we were all, you know, kept, kept as a team. <laughs> Yes, because yeah. Emma, how did you feel seeing that? What was that for you, lying there trying to see what was yeah. going on, knowing that, that he'd been born and he'd been passed over to his parents? Just honestly, the relief of him being okay and like them holding him was just like worth every single like 
sleepless night from aching <laughs> bump and all that kind of stuff honestly it was just the best feeling and I suppose like the song that was playing was that Elvis Presley song so yeah that was just after wasn't it yeah, yeah. um and that would always remind me of just like oh, my job is done I'm <laughs> like it's so good to it just felt so good like then hearing them sobbing <laughs> and you know the staff being just all really lovely so yeah it was definitely a memorable moment to say the least <laughs> we got a video though so didn't we say yeah, yeah. I yeah, I guess I was able to take photos and video in there, well to an, to a point anyway. So it's just lovely that we've got those memories. Um and I constantly watch it and I still cry and <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever stop, you know, when I listen to those songs. Um yeah, it was, yeah. And that first day, we were all, obviously, and that first night, we were kept in a room together. So M was monitored and then the baby. Actually, he wasn't, he didn't need much monitoring. Like, they kept coming in to check we were okay. But, so it was like three in a, it was four in a bed, really, wasn't it? <laughs> Jack and I, yeah, Jack and I had a double bed. And oh, then, wow. Yeah, then the baby Aww. and M, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, room that's room fantastic. So you were all allowed to stay. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I don't know what that would be look like if it was happening now. I, I'm not sure. So I think we were very lucky that it was at the beginning of lockdown. Um, and obviously with it being surrogacy and a bit of an extenuating, you know, circumstance. So, yeah. yeah. And, and so you, did you stay in over, you stayed in obviously that, uh, that was it one night or two nights or? One how many? <laughs> Almost two nights. It was one. Oh, yeah. All ah, right. So you were discharged quite late, were you, on the second night? Yeah. <laughs> right. We were all ready to go kind of mid, we thought we were going, didn't we? And then they said, oh no, you'll probably stay because it was getting late and obviously the paperwork was taking a while because there was, um, you know, it was less staff and things like that. So, we're like, okay, we'll all tuck ourselves up in bed, won't we, <laughs> about nine o'clock. And then it just as we turned the lights off, we said, oh, you've got to go. So we had to get up. <laughs> right. Uh, so it was a bit of a rushed leave, which is a bit, I mean, definitely not complaining about the situation of the hospital, but it was, Yeah. I felt, I felt bad for Soph because, um, and Jack, because you kind of want that, leaving the hospital memory moment being really special don't you and taking the photos and all that kind of thing which we got to do but it was just felt quite rushed yeah yeah and so uh, obviously you're brought home em yeah, so um, what yeah. happened yeah did you all travel yeah. together home did so who dropped who off like what happened <laughs> <laughs> they had to drop me off because obviously james was with the, ch- the children late at night so he couldn't leave them and no one could come to watch them or anything but i think we would have done that anyway because yeah, my, my house was on route back home. So yeah, it was um, very. And how how was that? How was that? Um, getting out of the car and going into your house. Yeah, I felt. I think when I when I walked in the house, I felt really emotional. Like I'm going to get, to get me home now. <laughs> um, just <That's> like <laughs> it was, it was in a really good way that it was all kind of complete, like in a real positive way. And did you did you think to yourself, <laughs> I don't have any sleepless nights? 
Yes and no, because I still had a two and a four year old. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I did have that thought of you know, oh, they have no idea what's coming. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> times, but, but yeah. So it must yeah. have been quite a strange mix of emotions because obviously, firstly, you're going into your own little bubble, your own family. You're seeing your children again after. You've been through, you know, a, a, a big thing. You know, you're going home to your family, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, you're you're obviously in a way, not not, but in a way, sort of saying goodbye and handing over, like, there you go, off you go now. Yeah, and I, I think it was real. It was a real blessing that we had that time together in the hospital after in that room because it didn't feel like a big. That's it. It's over. We kind of had that gradual. That's nice. Okay. Yeah. With them. Um, and we all slept in the same room that night and in the morning we had breakfast you know it was just like a bit of a holiday really <laughs> um, like, it's like a holiday apartment and then yeah then I went off but it didn't feel also kind of the end because I had the c-section recovery as well so you know everyone was shaking on me constantly so again it didn't feel like that was it that was still a good month to six weeks Yes, but it, I think one of the things that may, maybe we don't think about uh, is that sense of responsibility that you 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 have when you are the surrogate. You know, looking after someone's baby and especially your best friend's baby, uh, and then that kind of relief, like anything, when you you know that completion, it's it's done, mission completed. Uh, it must be, yeah, as, as Siobhan says, or the mix of emotions. Um, and then also recovering from major stomach surgery, which like all that mixed up must have been immense. So, uh, and how did your children, cause your children obviously knew about that you, you had, you know, a baby in your tummy and that was Sophie's uh, yeah. Jack's baby. Yeah. So how did that transition happen? How did you like prepare them or how did they know that the baby wasn't going to come back to your house? You know, cause they're only young. Yeah. Well, um, and we told them, you know, that that's where I was going. So, so we could give Sophie and Jack their baby. And then when we came home, we, the original plan was that they would see Leo in the car, um, you know, just through the window. But because it was so late at night, they were in bed. So we ended up doing that on the day five um, appointment because we, Sophie and I had to go into hospital together to for Leo's check and my check. So we ended up showing them through the window. But they seem to take it really well. I mean, Theo sometimes still says, um baby in your tummy like question mark <laughs> my tummy hasn't quite gone down yet <laughs> but um like no it's not in there he's like oh okay <laughs> he's just checking every now and then because <laughs> obviously I was so cautious about them jumping on these things but yeah now they can jump away <laughs> yeah I think, and, I think children sorry uh, Siobhan, but I think children are quite if you give them the information they need you know they can handle most stuff yeah, we, we we don't realize Fine, yeah. isn't it? Just and she knows that Leo's not there, and he he was never going to stay anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask um, Sophie, how did that feel watching him go go home? Like, how how did that feel when it was just you three then in the car? <laughs> well, I burst into tears when she walked in the door because I just I wasn't. I think because it had been quite a rush leaving the hospital. I wasn't ready. And I was just like, I'm not ready to leave her or for her to leave us. Um, but it was, I guess it's like pulling a plaster off, isn't it? Like it was what we needed. We needed to come home as a three and I needed to be like, I don't know, 
M had been my rock and like, you know, of course, carrying up my baby. And it was almost down to me now to sort of make that transition. Um, and it was good. It was good for us to come home and have that first night. And it was crazy waking up and there was a baby sort of next to us. That was, yeah, just stared at him. Like, I, I mean, I still stare at him now. I stare at him all the time, just thinking, how are you real? Um, but no. How many weeks is he now? How many weeks is he? He's 11 tomorrow. Wow, 11 weeks already. My goodness. I know. I know. He, really, he really is a lockdown baby, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, is. completely. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's the week after the official lockdown. So. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, do you see, I mean, I know from speaking to a lot of my clients, um, how, do you see it as, in one way, do you see it as quite a positive that you've almost uh, been forced, like, you know, people have had to stay away, yeah. so you've had that time as a three? How think, do you see yeah. that? I think for the first sort of six, seven weeks, it was a massive, massive positive for us because getting used to having a newborn, I wouldn't have turned anyone away, but I probably would have needed to because it is quite overwhelming. And also Jack was furloughed, so he actually had nine weeks. So we had nine weeks, just the three of us. Um, so in, in that respect, I wouldn't change it for anything because he got that bonding time after waiting six years for, for a baby. Um, it did get to a point where it, it did make me sad that no one was, you know, my mum even had waited such a long time for a grandchild and then wasn't able to really see him. I mean, she'd come to the doorstep, but that was it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so that was quite hard. Um, and, you know, no one really um, has massively held him still. I mean, parents have now, but everyone's so cautious. So in that respect, I do feel a bit sad now that, you know, I want people to get to know him and, you know, have that time with him. But it will come. It's, you yeah. know, really coming now. Um, so... I think in one sense, when you have a, when you have a newborn baby, when it's early days, you do feel like everything's taking so long. In, in a sense, you want things to happen. But yeah. then looking back, I think in years to come, or even maybe months to come, you're, you, like you're already appreciating having that time because it's only yeah. that short time. If you look back the first six weeks of, of really baby, baby, it goes yeah. so quickly. And then like, like he's nearly three months now. I know. I just, I don't know where, I don't know where it's gone at all. But then I feel like I'm in a blur most days because. (laughs) How's it been? How's it been being a mum? Yeah. I mean, the the best job in the world, obviously, like I waited such a long time to to be a mum. But it has been, there's been really tough times um, as well, especially not having that extra support. So, you know, if both Jack and I haven't had, any sleep at all you become a bit ratty with one another and you can't just we haven't been able to just hand him to you know one of the the mums just for a couple of hours that type of thing um but generally he's a really good boy that he's really he sleeps a lot during the day um he has you know (laughs) slightly more ratty evenings I'd say witching hours um but yeah we just we're just getting our own routine now because Jack's gone back to work. So, and I think it's good that I can start seeing friends outside and, you know, do things. So it will get, it will get a bit more normal, I suppose. Um, But yeah, I just, 
yeah I love it absolutely love it oh that's so lovely to hear and um um just how was your how was your recovery um I mean I know you, you I think you you fed both your other babies, didn't you? you? You fed your baby. So did did your did you feel was your did your milk try to come in or did anything like that happen with you in the recovery? It did. So um with Molly and Theo, with my two, I didn't really get the big hormonal kind of dive after um the few right. days after. So come the baby blues or anything. So I was really hoping I wouldn't this time round either, and I didn't. And yeah. It could have been obviously with a with a c-section birth it can be quite different yeah. generally um I think the rest I got really helped with that so I was completely resting doing nothing um but yeah my milk I think milk came in um around day four three or four and our midwife was just really great wasn't she I, I rang her even though she told us this before but I just rang to double check she was like just don't touch them um and it was quite sore for a few days um and then it, it kind of went away yeah so um yeah and and I, I guess so many people did ask me about the whole feeding thing and like what I got to express um for them and it just it felt like the right thing um for all of us really to just um to kind of stop ties there in that way because um it would have been such a even I mean we might not have even been able to with all this COVID stuff if we'd planned to mm. um I don't know but um, yeah, for us, it seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, of course you've got, I mean, because you've still got a very young family yourself, so it's it would yeah. have been quite, yeah. quite a big commitment for you to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the recovery-wise as well, it went um, very smoothly. We, As I said, we went for the day five check together and the midwife checked me over and that was the only time anyone's actually looked at my scar. Um, okay. Obviously, because of everything that was going on, um, yeah, with with COVID, so I was glad that it was okay because otherwise it would have probably it could have got missed. I don't know, um, but yeah, it was all fine. I actually had a physio check um, two, two, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and again, all okay. Just on a kind of a plan now for getting back to exercise and, and more mobility. Great. That sounds yeah, sounds very positive, and so. Uh, like uh, I remember last time you sort of broke briefly touched on the subject of the legalities behind it yeah. um wh- where are you with that now um, um can you so we have feel so at the minute we still can't register Leo because everything's shut so that right. happen hopefully in the next few weeks they'll open we'll be able to register him um however I've been able to send off all the court papers and we're just waiting for an officer to be assigned to our case. And then they come and visit, I think, Jack and I and probably and M and James. Um, and then it goes from there. So, I mean, usually I think the process takes six months, but I don't know with everything going on whether that will be prolonged. Um, and do you, um, do you have, like, have, is, is there people, like, if anyone's listening to this that's thinking of going through the surrogacy, mm-hmm. you know, did you have, did you have, he- like, is there somewhere you can go to get all this information ahead of embarking on it? And I mean, there is. There's a surrogacy UK. However, because I guess our situation, it was, it was friends. It wasn't um, like we'd gone out and found a surrogate for an agency. I did a lot of the research myself and our clinic had um, information for us as well. 
but applying for a parental order, which is what what we've done, all the information's on the government website. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's pretty much a step by step guide. So, um, and there's a there's a lady like there's a people on Instagram like there's a surrogacy solicitor who um, often um, writes information, and you can you can have your own solicitor during the whole process. We right. chose, we chose not to. Um, again, our situation's probably a tiny bit different, but. Yeah, people can, it's definitely, there's definitely help and support out there. Right, okay. And so like things like passports and stuff like that, you you, you can't, I mean, you probably can't do that at the moment anyway with, <laughs> no. with COVID. But um, yeah, I mean, under, you know, without COVID, again, would you have to wait for all of this sort of stuff to go um, through, do you? Not necessarily. We would have had to register Leo because we were due to go away in May. So it wouldn't have been in place anyway we'd have had to register leo apply for m and james would have had to sign for his passport but on his actual passport it doesn't it doesn't have um the legal parents names anyway and he obviously has our surname so yeah i don't think it would have been a problem but yeah i mean we don't need one at the minute anyway so no you're not going anywhere anytime no. soon no <laughs> no unfortunately not <laughs> Yeah, you know, why, why, you, you kind of always dream, don't you, of, you know, your mat leave and the things you're going to do and going to go for coffees and go, you know, meet people all the time and go on holidays because actually you haven't got to take the time off work. But it hasn't really been like that so far. Yeah. <laughs> still time. There's still time. <laughs> and so with your maternity leave, I mean, what what is, you know, what is the setup at the moment with maternity leave in general? Is it... it, it you know, are women that are on maternity leave, are they going to be given a bit extra because of um, the lockdown or well, are the, they not? Well, the last I heard that the government had said no um, because apparently, obviously, this country has quite um, a long maternity leave anyway. But, they've yeah, they've said no to that. But I know there are a lot of petitions in place because right. a lot of women feel that they've been robbed of you know part of their maternity leave at least so mm. yeah, yeah it's very difficult I mean it's slightly different for me in that I was on a contract so I um technically don't have a job to go back to currently um but still you you know it's yeah it's a difficult situation but everyone's yeah. got their own stories haven't they so yeah for you, Em, did you do you get any maternity leave? What, what what is the legal situation there? I know you, or did you just go back to to work? Yeah, I well, so I left my kind of um, full what well, was part time, but my I'm not going to say proper job. I've said it now, but the job at an office um, doing marketing and things. I left that in February, and they were very kind to give me um, a little bit of maternity leave. Uh, obviously, didn't know what was coming up either. Um, that was at the end of Feb, and obviously agreed it way before then. Um, but to, for recovery, but I was never going back to that job. But they were happy to do that for me, even though they knew it was surrogacy, which was amazing of them. Um, but I, I was teaching teaching hypnobirthing again in May so what a month after because it just all went a bit crazy with everyone wanting to have online courses um because of not being able to do face to face so it was great because I was able to work again but just from my home um, and still be recovering so yeah May was a very busy work month but I'd had a I had a good month off in April um and then back to it that's great brilliant so I don't know this has been really lovely to catch up with you both and 
and hear about how Leo's finally here and how life carries on. <laughs> uh, oh, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> It, it's wonderful. So I don't know, do Siobhan, do you have any other questions? No, I was just going to say, it's just it's just so lovely to get that happy ever after story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it is lovely, you know, when, you know, I do look forward to seeing your little family um, <laughs> photos that you put up on Instagram. It's kind of like, I think so many people are so invested in your story. We all kind of go, oh, she's put another picture yeah. up. how he's doing you know so it's lovely you know in a time where there's so much bad news in the world it's just nice to see you know a happy ever after yeah Yeah, it's it's definitely something I want to you know I I want to continue talking about surrogacy and you know promoting it and being an advocate for it because there's a lot that people don't understand about it so yeah yeah absolutely yeah there is there's so much isn't there that people don't I mean you know even with the the uh the parenthood order thing that you have to do through the courts yeah. i mean I, I had no idea um that you had to do all that sort of stuff so yeah there is that there's a lot to it isn't there yeah there's a bit of a stigma around it still isn't there exactly yeah. and also it, how much it involves so many people like for you it was like mm. two families you know so so there was the active people like em- emiliana who's pregnant and then you have you're the parents but then also james was there in the background so it's like so many people uh that support the whole process it's not it, it's more and there's so much emotion involved that you maybe not think about first of all for for everyone involved so it's just a beautiful story and it's it's lovely that you shared it with us and all of our listeners who i'm sure will be you know the last episode is the i think it's the second most listened to episode ever so okay. yeah oh, that's amazing yeah. <laughs> if any surrogates listening or families then i've recorded some free surrogacy relaxation audios and printable affirmations so i can get them from my website because i'm sure there's not that many of us but if they help okay. someone because obviously the normal relaxation audios you know they're a bit they're tailored for someone who's carrying their own baby so yeah and so what and what do you want to give your website website a shout out there so it's www.themindfulbirthgroup.com and um you can find them under the um or where can you find them under the audio <laughs> section <laughs> or just send, them, send me an email and i can send the link to you we'll put some we put some links in the podcast oh, yeah. as well but sophie you have also a, a website or is it well i just i still do my blog um, and i'll continue to do to do that down sort of the route of talking to people about fertility, IVF, surrogacy, uh, pregnancy loss, uh, just from my own personal experiences. So um, my blog is Life Before You on Instagram. So, yeah. And I hope one day I can, you know, help help someone that was been in my position or, yeah, my previous position. So, Or maybe you already have. Who knows? You know, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. You know, blog and, and listening. So I'm sure you have. So, sorry, Emiliana, you were saying I, something. I think so. She should be a fertility doula. She's got. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Maybe, yeah. That's a new, maybe that's a new cause you have to set yeah. up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would just like to say a very, very big thank you to you both for being here. And yeah thank you so much for you know coming back on and giving us that follow-up um to the amazing amazing journey that you've all been on thank you so much 
Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So should we finish off like we always do? Do you want to join yes. in? So all that's left to say is see Listeners should always do their own due diligence on any information received from these discussions to form their own opinions and best judgments. In preparing this podcast, we have endeavoured to offer current, correct and clearly expressed information aimed at our audience. However, we make no claims that the information will be accurate, complete or current at all times, and we accept no liability for any reliance placed by any person on this information. We make no representations or warranties of any kind about the suitability, reliability, timeliness and accuracy of the information contained herein. Do 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 do